Hey everybody, this is Safdi from Trope Trophies, and you're listening to Trope Trophies Podcast, the show where two sisters explain a trope, debate using our favorite characters from TV, movies, books, anime, and more. Then let you, the listener, decide who is the winner. Now, without further ado, welcome to Trope Trophies. Hey everyone. This is Trope Trophies, and I know our intro already said that, but this is us formally saying that in person. I think it's also the fact that made my sister be like, are we going to be professional? Yes, no, maybe casual. What do we do? Business attire? Like, what were we doing? What are we doing? I'm in pajama attire. <laughs> so what have you been watching? I We posted the what we watched in February, so I guess we should talk about March because we're in March. But like off of the top of my head, I haven't been watching anything. I've been listening to Not Another Indeed podcast. There are a lot of like alumni from College Humor and they just have a podcast. D&D, I'm back on the train again. Critical Role really just said, you're not going to forget about this hyperfixation. I'll take your right. I really want to DM again. Damn, you're really back on the D&D vibe. I don't know. Those was hard and it was long. D&D, it's difficult. Being a character for so long. Ooh. Being multiple characters. Ooh. It's not math. No, the math really gets me. It's just like math and then having to wait for other people and like everyone's just figuring out because no one knows what they're doing. So it's just something that could maybe, I mean, take two hours tops, takes four. And then we're slow. There's that. I'm tired. My brain can't do it. d and too hard for me. But besides that, that's it? Just D&D? Yes, really what I've been listening to. I watched The Batman. Loved it. Three hours long. Listen, the show is at six, and my whole mind was that the show was at two. Luckily, I didn't leave my house at 1 p.m. because I'd been like, what are we going to do for five hours? But got there, not even on time, but early. So early that there was no line for popcorn or a drink. So early that the auditorium wasn't open. Like, early. I was waiting outside. And then when I sat down, I was like, everybody's late. I'm like, it's six o'clock and people still not here. The seats is empty. And this whole time, I forgot to use the bathroom. So, of course, we're an hour No one got the memo to get there early. No. And, you know, I was in big Dolby theater. So every seat's a good seat. And I'm like, where's the crowd? Even Damien was like, yo, where's everybody? Like, people are literally strolling in at, like, 6.05. And I'm like, I've been here since, like, 30. What's up with y'all? Y'all late. As a moviegoer, honestly... Really, the first 30 minutes is just trailers. So, like, you can scroll it. Like, 100% just trailers. I know, but I just felt like for Batman, it's like I had to be there on time. I couldn't miss not one detail because I went opening weekend, you know? Big big Dolby. I went to my favorite theater in the city, which is Lincoln Square. I think that's literally the only theater I will go to for AMC. If me, if me going, if I'm planning out something, I'm only going out there. I only go to other AMCs if it's convenient at the time or whatever, whatever. But this is my favorite theater ever. And the Batman, they took forever to start, which it felt like forever because I was there forever. But they were teasing us. It was the lights finally went dark and they wouldn't play the show until like five minutes. And then they showed us Batman and we were like, woo! 
And then we still had to wait. And it was just like, yo, people are such a tease. I had a similar experience earlier this year. So I was supposed to watch um, West Side Story as things turn out. I went to the wrong theater and there was one person there because, you know, West Side Story came out in December. So I just thought I was in the right theater. (laughs) So that me and this person started talking. We were like, yeah. And then she like, um, (laughs) she says to me, oh, um, are you here to watch the King's Daughter? And I was like, no, I'm here to watch uh, West Side. like, oh, you're in the wrong theater. I was like, well, I wanted to watch that movie anyway. So when I say no one was in that theater, like we were there and it was supposed to start at a certain time and the thing did not start. And I was just like, yo, I think they forgot about us. <laughs> but don't worry, like it played and like two other people came, but it was just like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the one where it's like, Okay, so we're not going to air this anymore. <laughs> so it's going to have to leave the theater ASAP. They, like, the they're Rocky. probably thinking, who the hell like, is, who keeps buying this movie? <laughs> There's like four people. Like, this has to go. It's a waste of money. We need to pay rent. <laughs> I apologize, but gets to go. So we love the movie theaters. I'm happy the movie theaters are back and busing. And if you haven't already, even though I'm not going to get paid to say this, but go watch the Batman. <laughs> I love Batman, so that goes without saying. Yes. The fact that I'm not losing my mind right now. I mean, actually, I'm the worst person to actually review a Batman movie, because I would really sit there and be like, it was amazing. <laughs> like, somebody didn't say anything. I'm like, I, I love him. I've been watching a lot of like the 90s Batman and it was so campy. 90s Batman compared to I the love, Batman that I saw today. But I love camp. That's because I'm over the top. <laughs> and I live for darkness. I'm so into bad Batman or like sad Batman or bully Batman or scary I'm into Batman. all type of Batman. You know what it is? Batman is unferal, unhinged boy. Batman is so close to the edge that I'm just like, ooh, baby. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even be mad at him if he became evil. It never really happens in any canon I've seen because it's just kind of like the worst things already happened to him. He lost his parents in front of his eyes. Like, what else is going to happen to this poor rich boy? And I'm just like, you're right. What else could happen? Love of his life died. He still had to choose to be good. Like, And that's Batman for you. So obviously we're big Batman fans. We grew up with more DC than Marvel. So I feel like that's why. Yeah, we're more DC fans than Marvel fans. Listen, Teen Titans, that was a vibe. That was my shit. That was our our shit. I guess you've heard everything we've been watching and our life experience in a theater in New York City. No one come for me for my little dumb accent. But anyways, the trope of the week is called Sent Into Hiding. TVTropes.org describes it as a person who, for a multitude of reasons, is hidden from the rest of society. Perhaps they're born into a world with a strict limit of family size and their birth extent exceeded that limit. Maybe the government considers them dangerous they're ostracized the victims can't go anywhere just sent into hiding that's it this week i picked a book that i read i'm here with another book it's a touch of darkness i forgot who the author is so let me do a quick google jenix i read this book in january the reason i remember this is because i made the graph for that you sure did sure did people are saying it might be a tv show oh wait it's not 
Okay, I got distracted. <laughs> oh, it might be a TV show. How crazy. Maybe. But the author is Scarlett St. Clair. So again, it's A Touch of Darkness by Scarlett St. Clair. And my character is Persephone. So you already know what that entails. Steph, who's your pick? So I'm picking Byleth from um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. It is Byleth. So the game uh, initially released in July 2019. Again, this is like a single player RPG, like JRPG, which stands for Japanese role playing game. And I played it on the Switch, time of my life, bought the um, extension pack. I want you guys to know I don't do that. <laughs> I will I never do that. I don't Not buy extra lot. nothing. So in the game, you can choose between two genders for Violet, either male or female. Obviously, I picked the female version. Again, this podcast is full of spoilers, so everything about this is going to spoil this game. Always remember that. Okay, that's it. Oh, it was produced by Nintendo, FYI. <laughs> Obviously, a huge fan of the game. Yeah, I think you spoke about Fire Emblem like last year. So yeah, the I love did. Continues. I used... It does. It forever burns in my heart. So I guess we can start off with round one, which is the background of the story character. Persephone, if you're into Greek mythology, I had to kind of teach myself this. Or did I learn stuff in the book? Hmm. I'll tell you why. The book is a contemporary version of the classic Greek tale of Persephone and Hades, and Stephanie is well knowledgeable about Greek mythology, so feel free to interrupt me in this background. Okay. Just so to I give you guys a, a quick understanding of why she's saying this, at age seven, I kind of influenced a teacher to teach Greek mythology to a bunch of second graders. And from that point, it's been a very interesting ride for me. Jedi mind tricks she did to a whole teacher. And just the age of seven, she holds too much power. But anyways, I thought you were going to bring up the play Hades Town, but I know it's oh. not about. Yeah, I know it's not about specifically Hades and Persephone, even though like it is drama. But I thought that's another reason you were going to say. No, they do reference the story. And that what's it called Olympus lore. That's really popular right now. Oh, on Wattpad, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. I love, I love it. I mean, I haven't read much of it in a long time, but I was devoted at the time. I finished all the chapters. Ooh, that reminds me. I'm going to go in and binge read because I love that. But anyway, yeah, there's a lot of chapters and a lot of things happen. What's that thing called? There's like an episode in Adventure Time where it's just like, I have approximate knowledge and like, come on. Okay. What were you saying? I said that I'm kind of like the monster in Adventure Time that's like, I have approximate knowledge. Like, he doesn't actually know what's happening, but like, because they read so much other people's content about the thing, you kind of get the gist of what's happening. That's my experience with Olympic lore, because I'm just like, I don't read it, but I know a lot of crazy shit that's happened. I actually heard that's going to be a show. It should be. I don't know know why i'm advertising it to me maybe because i know the marketing it's also a contemporary tale but anyways back to the contemporary tale of a touch of darkness by scarlet persephone and hades persephone and hades i did not say that did i not say that i said that okay whatever okay so i'm just tell the story of the classic greek tale just the gist 
So Persephone is the goddess of spring. She was just gathering flowers and Hades is just like, wow, she's great. I love her. I want her. And I specifically wrote that he was sprung. Anyways, he asked Zeus if he can marry her. And Zeus was like, all right, yeah, you got money. You got power. You you got it together. But her mother, Demeter, the god of Demeter? Harvest. Yes, of harvest. Basically, Mother Nature and my and the way I see it. Um, she did not approve of this. She was like, oh, hell no, not him, not ever. But it's honestly like fate and you can't do anything when it's fate. That's what's been chosen. So in the book, Persephone is a college student and she's disguised as a disguised as a mortal journalist. And she's a daughter of a goddess. But every time she touches flowers, they die. And she basically holds no power. Her mom gives her everything that she needs to make her way into the mortal world. So she has a glare and her mom just provides her all the magic. She told her to be cautious about Hades, how he has this like whole gambling club in the city and he's like really popular and famous. And her mom was like, hell no, never go there. Her mom sends spies, which are like little nymphs to check on her. Her mom is just way toxic and told her all these terrible things about. So a hovering mother. Yes. Uh, Like what's literally toxic overbearing. Yes. That is the description. So anyways, she gets persuaded to go to his little nightclub gambling club from then on. It just becomes a whole mess, but a great mess in the book. That's my round one. What's yours? So Byla's mother is a failed attempt to be the vessel of a dead God because she is a failure. She just like lived her life as a nun in this church. There's a lot going on in this game. A vessel to a dead, you said a dead God? Yes. That's a lot going on in this game, okay? That's why I love it so much. Because you're messy. But anyways, mad drama, mad messy. That's what you like. But like in the fantasy realm, because all the things that happen in fantasy, like you're going to tell me that someone was like created to bring a vessel of God happening in our world? No, I believe sci-fi would make more sense than fantasy. Just FYI, it's probably why I don't really like sci-fi like that. Anywho, so the mom and the knight fell in love with each other, right? And so they had a baby, Violet, but... The mom was dying during childbirth because Violet wasn't born with a heart. And so the mom tells her creator, take my heart out and give it to the child. <laughs> she was just like, what? Do it. I want my child alive. So the mom dies and then the heart is put into the child. Apparently the child is a better match for the throne than the mom, apparently. The dad is just like, yo, this is a little fucking weird. Like, why is she so obsessed with this kid? I don't feel right about this. So there was like a small fire that happened in the church. And the dad's like, perfect opportunity. We're fucking leaving this bitch. And then leaves and raises Byleth and like doesn't tell Byleth nothing. Not, not about not about their mom, not about where they escaped from, nothing. It's just like fate that Violet met like the three potential leaders of the um, continent. And depending on which route you go into, you figure out like the true storyline. Because even what I just said, you would not find that in um, Dimitri's route, which is the route I play. I don't want to go into any more details, but yeah, that's Violet 
literally raised in secret because they didn't want his dad didn't want him or her to be abused by the archbishop because he had no idea what their actual intentions were. There's a lot going on. I know. I love it. How many hours is the gameplay? I think like 60 hours, but I played so much. I played over 300 hours. And the only reason I haven't kept playing is because I can't find my disc for it. Because if I could, I would still be playing. It's a comfort game at this point. Round two, how I guess Persephone relates to the trope. She's a whole secret. In the story, like all these gods that meet her just like come to realize that she exists. It's just like, oh man, I thought you were a rumor. I never heard of you before. Like, you're real? Like, I'm like, yo, like, this disrespectful. That's kind of like the question everyone asks. Did a tree really fall if no one heard the tree fall? It was just like, damn. <laughs> just violating her. And then, you know, since nobody knows her, now everybody wants to investigate. But that's besides the point. Everyone um, be chimoso. <laughs> OD. And then she's Hades, girl. It's like, he don't be with nobody. <laughs> so you know. But, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, no one even knows that her mom, Demeter, had a daughter. So she's literally been shut out of society as a whole. She had to fight to even go to college. She was just like, I just want to learn, mother. No, I don't see a reason to. So, yeah, she literally had to find a way to just study, to just, you know, get away from home. She was put away from even her own kind, like, God, how do people not know that you exist? Like, this girl's been exiled, okay? Yeah, she comes into the club and Hades hits it off with her. And then she's bound to another deal again. So she loses this poker game to Hades. And he's like, okay, well, now you have to make something grow. Knowing that she don't know how to make nothing grow <laughs> in, in um the underworld. And if you don't do it within six months, you have to stay here forever. Do you hear this? This girl don't win. <laughs> she don't win. He's like, I love you so much. I'm going to make this mission impossible so we can just stay together. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, everybody was just like, well, there was a specific character. I forget her name. But she was like, you know, he doesn't make deals with people that he doesn't believe that they can do it they can follow through. And so Persephone's like mad freaking confused. But yeah, basically Hades wants to trap her in the underworld forever, even though he's empowering her in classic Greek mythology. I mean, in the Greek mythology story, if she eats something from the underworld, then she's bound to it forever. And she had six seeds of a pomegranate because she was like dying of hunger. And Zeus was she just wasn't like- She was dying of hunger. She a whole god. She was just like, I. Just, she honest. was dying. She was being mad dramatic. That's she what was it was. Like, she was like, I miss not being able to have my fruit. She went along with it because she ate six. And Demeter was like, hell no, I don't want her to go. And Hades was like, well, we have to follow the rules. And she's high key wifey. This was <laughs> like, all right, well, she spends six months in the underworld and six months above the underworld. I guess that's the explanation for Greek mythology of why different seasons exist. Because Demeter's sad, so she doesn't let anything grow fall and winter. And based off the book, she is quite dramatic. So I believe it. Oh, I didn't even say. She literally... Demeter actually got so mad at Persephone that she took her home 
back to her homeland, knowing that she can't even leave because she has no powers. It's just either way, she's trapped. No one wants to let Persephone free. She has to figure it out on her own. And, you know, I'm glad to say that she does, but she had to go through a lot. It's a trauma for me. It's just too much. You can't. But yeah, she's been sent into hiding multiple times by different people. Her mom and her boyfriend. And they don't even (laughs) like each other. The drama. That's my round two. I think feel like my round one was actually explaining round two to BH. Can we just like go straight to round three? I really feel like I said everything in round one. Well then. I don't think this is a good case for me, you guys. Yeah, she's not going to win this one. Don't just say that. Me. Just, just no. vote for me because she's messy. I mean, not really. I've been stumbling with my words all evening long. But you guys get me, so it's fine. I think I said my round two before I, before you. That's I think that's what actually happened. Oh no, she got ahead of herself, and now yeah. she can't talk the talk or walk the. Talk. I'll just go straight to round three. That's what we're gonna do. Okay, bam, so bam. It's a, you do okay, round three now. Okay. Mm, have fun. <laughs> so, what makes this trope interesting? Violet is again. It's supposed to be a self-insert character, right? So. Violet knows literally nothing about the world, which is crazy because all they do is travel and have killed people. Like Violet, before they become a teacher, is a is a paid mercenary. So it's just like, how are you killing people but don't know what a crest is? Which is like a magic birthmark for people. Again, I don't want to go too deep into the story lore because then you're going to be like, what the fuck are you playing? <laughs> but it's crazy that they did not know like the basics of anything. And every time a character just like, what the fuck do you mean you don't know about this empire? What do you mean you don't know about the history of this kingdom? What do you mean you don't know about the Duke's um, alliance? Everything is just kind of like, how are you a functioning adult? Like, like why do can I have make to explain sense? everything? <laughs> and then my favorite part is where he's like, what do you mean you don't know about religion? The entire continent practices the same religion. What do you mean? You don't oh my know. gosh. It's everything is just like, what? Blank face. Dumb. And like the craziest part of it all is that Violet has the God and is talking to the God. Violet and the God are like same con- like same body, different con. It's like that's the level they're in. And both of them are still like, I don't know what's happening. Oh my it's goodness. Fucking hilarious when you think back and it's just like <laughs> both. So we attached. all just confused. We all just confused. Got it. So yeah, I mean, it's good. To be able to play a grown-ass adult who doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> a grown-ass adult. And I mean, what makes this... Something just like, doesn't really invert the trope. It's just like, you know, you're in hiding to keep yourself safe. Or I don't think Violet is considered a danger to society. I mean, kind of, because their nickname before they became a teacher was the Ashen Demon. <laughs> who Ooh. still didn't know what the crests were. So it's just like, you put people on site like that. I love Violet. I think that the implement of like being in hiding just adds to the mystery of the story. But I think, I'm sorry, I'm thinking back again to like fire. I'm thinking back to a lot of video games. Like, no, a lot of video games do this shit. See, she's not making much of a case for herself here, y'all. No, I am. I really am. It's nice that they're actually so connected to the story that it's just fucking weird that they don't know what the hell's happening. Hello, like, it's just, someone sponsor? Um, <laughs> could what Nintendo sponsor this? Because she loves this game. 
I think the story and a touch of darkness elevates the trope because it already elevates the Greek story. And I feel like it's a, it's basically a contemporary version that speaks about the aspect of love in our relationships and how sometimes it can be toxic. Helicopter moms suck. That's something that some people may relate to. And I would want to hide from her but that's not the case because she's heavily surveillance. But I would want to escape her hidden from society because your mom doesn't trust anybody and wants to render you powerless. The whole point of why she didn't have powers is because nobody worshipped her. So she had no powers until Hades like worshipped her and then she got her powers. But that's how she was able to defend herself. But it took a long Damn, time to it get there. Really, it really was like, if no one knows you exist, you just don't exist. Yeah, I am. Exactly. Like, Literally, what? Right there. See, that is sent into hiding. No one even knows that you exist. Most of us weren't doing their their job fast enough because if they were true Hispanics, they the world would have known. And like, I don't know how to how to baby. You didn't know that. They would have found out the Latino nymphs. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling. (laughs) I feel like she's literally the idea of this trope because her existence was a rumor. For Violet, though, too, the only people who knew that they existed was the archbishop and the father. After that, everyone was just like, yeah, that's just this guy's kid with no understanding of who his mother was. And the bishop's like, you hid him from me. It's like, bitch, I don't fucking know you. I don't trust you. I mean, demeanors probably was just like, my girl is too perfect for this world. Why the fuck does she have to be born? I'm dead. <laughs> like, I don't want you to have a fulfilled life. Life is sucks. Literally in the second book, it was just like, if she doesn't come back, this whole world is going to freeze. She's literally book? planning to kill every single human in the world because she's just like, if she's not here, then I don't want anybody to be here. Fuck everything. Like, literally <laughs> obsessed with her daughter. You know how, like, you know, fly off the bird's nest? No. <laughs> she don't like that. That's not Demeter's style. It's He's your like, mind you and sh- your mind. You mean, like, you have to grow up and leave the nest? That sounds fake to me. <laughs> <laughs> literally. So if you guys are great and smart, and love Greek mythology, vote for me. Can you stop? Like, this is why you cannot run for any political office. You see how crazy this was? If you're smart, da, 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 no. Whoever you think, like, prove their point, let us know on our Insta. Yeah, but I'm um, also letting you know to vote for me. No. <laughs> this is shameless plugging. Like, it's like wearing your own merch. Which we don't have yet, but you know, I would wear I mean, it. Listeners, I want you to know that I have a Zoom background that has our logo and the thing that says "Listen to Apple Podcasts." So I am here advertising. We're here <laughs> advertising to my sister who is in the podcast. We're devoted and <laughs> make just- it make sense. But afterthoughts, I've always loved the myth of Persephone and Hades. It's always been like a very beloved myth for me for reasons I will not share on this podcast. Okay. I'm not much into video games, but your enthusiasm enthusiasm (laughs) and your devotion to the storyline and the point that you can play it over and over and over again 
makes it, you know, interesting. And I hope gamers try it out. I mean, Violet sounds like a very confused person, but she also seems like she has a good viewpoint on things in terms of like she doesn't know. So she gets to make up her own mind because she's not influenced by anything or anybody. That is 100% true. Yeah. So I feel like that's what makes her character interesting. And her just going about, I think it would be cool to play her just by that viewpoint at all. We're good. Thank you guys for listening to us as we like fangirl over different things. And go watch Batman. So who do you think the winner is? Leave a comment on our Instagram at tropetrophy.pod. Listeners, if you have any tropes or characters you'd like us to battle, DM us on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For notifications on our latest episodes, subscribe to our show. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you'd like to follow us on our socials, you can follow me, Jotty, at Jotty Adi at Instagram, and Stephanie, all socials, as the Bewitching Bard. Stay tuned for the next episode. Tuned. Bye-bye.